this is a time when I want to encourage you to find a Bible. Encuentren una Biblia. There are many ways to do that. There are some Bibles in the back. Uh, you may have brought your own Bible, and I always encourage that. Bring your own Bible to church. Yes, we want that. It may be right in your pocket, in your phone. However you have it, pull it out, and we're going to be looking at God's Word here in just a moment. Vamos a estar mirando la Palabra de Dios. I just want to say a couple things. First of all, after our message time, we will be coming to the Lord's table, and I want you to be ready for that. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you know you need Him and His forgiveness and His his nourishment in your life. You are welcome to come here with a, a repentant, humble heart and to receive from this table. Si has confiado en el Señor Jesucristo y sabes que necesitas su perdón, su amor y estás uh, dispuesto a venir con un corazón arrepentido, bienvenidos a la mesa del Señor. Also, I want to encourage us, we are in a project to read the entire Bible in two years, one or two chapters a day. And we have guides for that uh, in the back. And also, uh, there's a literature rack in the entryway. I can't stress how important that is. Just those little chunks every day of God's word. And we encourage you to do that. We just started this week a book called The Book of Judges, which I've read many times before. But there was a helpful video before that that I looked at. And wow, it's just opening my eyes to some new things about The Book of Judges. And so I encourage you to, to pick up that Bible reading schedule. Use it. If you haven't been reading, just get back on track with, with whatever the date says and uh, catch up with what's going on. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Si pueden animarse a leer la palabra con nosotros, hay guías detrás y también en la entrada. So our scripture this morning is taken from the gospel according to Matthew. It's the first book of the second half of the Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. I neglected to get page numbers there for you. My, my apologies, but... Uh, you just look for the big six and the little five of Matthew on the first book on the second half of the Bible, Mateo 6, 5 al 9, and we're just going to read these first few verses. I'm going to read first in Spanish, then in English, leo primero en español, después en inglés, and this is a teaching of Jesus. Jesus is teaching here in a section of scripture called the Sermon on the Mount, one of his greatest teachings. Es una parte que se llama el Sermón del Monte. And this is the word of God for us today. Es la palabra de Dios. Dice Jesús, cuando oren, no sean como los hipócritas, porque a ellos les encanta orar de pie en las sinagogas y en las esquinas en las plazas para que la gente los vea. Les aseguro que ya han obtenido toda su recompensa. Pero tú cuando te pongas a orar, entra en tu cuarto, cierra la puerta y ora a tu padre que está en lo secreto. Así, tu padre, que ve lo que se hace en secreto, te recompensará. Y al orar, no hablen solo por hablar, como hacen los gentiles, porque ellos se imaginan que serán escuchados por sus muchas palabras. No sean como ellos, porque su padre sabe lo que ustedes necesitan antes de que se lo pidan. Ustedes deben orar así. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard 
because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Well, first of all, again, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Thank you for the way you allow the Lord to use you with your families. Uh, Feliz Dia del Padre, los papás. I think it's a, a especially gratifying for me that on this Father's Day, we are going to begin a series of messages looking at what in some circles is known as the Our Father. Vamos a comenzar una serie sobre el Padre Nuestro, el Día de los Papás. And that's this prayer that we're going to be looking at. And now in our particular tribe of the Christian family, uh, we know this better as the Lord's Prayer. And so over the summer, my desire is over about seven weeks that we would go through and look through piece by piece this prayer that Jesus has given us. And the title of the series that I've, I'm, I've given it is Pray This Way. El título de la serie es Oren Así. And that's really based on what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. He says, this then is how you should pray. Así ustedes deben orar, dice Jesús. Now, it's interesting to note that before Jesus teaches his followers how to pray, he spends some time in the verses just prior to that teaching his followers how not to pray. Antes de enseñarnos a orar, nos enseña a cómo no orar. And that's important to note. Because I think when we come to prayer, we need to understand that we don't come with blank slates to prayer. We come with some experience already. And there are a lot of false ideas, mistaken notions, preconceptions, misconceptions, prejudices, all those things that we have about prayer, and we bring those to the table. Tenemos muchas ideas erróneas en cuanto a lo que es la oración. And so if we're going to learn how to pray, we need to unlearn some things first. Antes de aprender a orar, hay que dejar de aprender algunas cosas. And so that's where Jesus takes us. And so one of the first things he tells us that we have to unlearn is this idea or this, this maybe unconscious thought that somehow prayer is a performance. Tenemos que dejar de aprender que la oración es como un espectáculo que ponemos. That, that prayer is kind of like this badge of religious competence that we wear to, to show that we belong in the God club, to show that we're good enough. Es como una medalla que llevamos para mostrar nuestra competencia espiritual. Jesus says if that's the way we're looking at prayer, if that's the way we're coming to prayer, that kind of prayer is not a badge, it's actually a mask. It's, it's a facade. Esa es una máscara. In fact, that's the working definition of a hypocrite. A hypocrite originally was an actor in Greek dramas, and that actor would wear a mask to portray a character. Los hipócritas eran actores con máscaras. And so Jesus says here in chapter 6, verse 5, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Cuando oren, no sean como los hipócritas, porque a ellos les encanta orar de pie en las sinagogas, en las esquinas de las plazas, de las plazas para que la gente los vea. 
Now, Jesus here in particular has in mind, I believe, the Jewish religious leadership of that day, estaba mirando los religiosos judíos who loved to put on prayer shows. They would stand up and they would be prominent. And in a sense for them, prayer was kind of like a uniform that they wore. It was kind of like a salute that they gave to show their high ranking in God's army. Los judíos religiosos daban la oración como un saludo, un uniforme para mostrar su alto rango en el ejército de Dios. Jesus says that's not prayer. Prayer is not about impressing other people. If you're looking to impress other people with prayer, what you're going to get is impressing other people. You're not going to get prayer. Es buscar impresionar de forma positiva a las otras personas. Now, you may say that's not my problem. Pastor Russ, that's probably your problem because you're the one that prays in front of people more than I do. Well, that might be so. But there's another dimension of this that I think we need to look at. Hay otra dimensión de esto. The, the uh, German uh, teacher, pastor, theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, during World War II, wrote this in one of his books about prayer. He said that the danger we have with prayer is not just of impressing other people, but of impressing ourselves. We're trying to put on a show, in a sense, for our own benefit. Podemos intentar impresionar de forma positiva a nosotros mismos. In other words, my relationship with God becomes based upon the quality of my prayer. Mi relación se basa en la calidad de mi oración. If I have a good prayer time with God, I'm good. If I don't have such a good time praying with God, well, then maybe I'm not doing so well. See, oro bien, estoy bien con Dios. But you see, that gives us a false sense of security. Esa es una seguridad falsa. So, prayer, Jesus is saying, is not about impressing other people. It's not about impressing ourselves. No se trata de poner un espectáculo a los demás o nosotros mismos. And here's the other thing. Prayer is not about impressing God either. Tampoco se trata de dar una positiva impresión a Dios. Look at verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Al orar no hablen solo por hablar como hacen los gentiles, porque ellos se imaginan que serán escuchados por sus muchas palabras. Now, I like what this, I like about Jesus. He's an equal opportunity offender. He's just offended the Jewish religious leaderships, leadership. Now he goes after the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Ahora Jesús ofende a los no judíos. And he says, you need to understand what prayer is and what it's not as well. Gentiles think that prayer is like a magic incantation. Los gentiles piensan que es una encantación de magia. Just repeat the right words over and over again in the right order, and you can get God to do what you want him to do. You can twist God's arm. You can get the divine uh, genie to come out of heaven's lamp and just grant all of your wishes. Si repites las palabras adecuadas, el genio de Dios que puede salir la lámpara para conceder tus deseos. Jesus says, that's not prayer. That's superstition by vain repetition. Es superstición. In fact, he says, don't babble that way. No hablen por hablar. The word babble 
uh, here in the original language of the Bible, which was Greek, uh, the word babel is batalogizomai. Uh, that's a long word. La palabra es batalogizomai. Basically, it means to speak bata. Hablar bata. What's that? What's bata? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. It's bata, 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 bata. Don't do that. No hablen por hablar. Because God doesn't listen to our prayers based on the word count. He's not impressed. Dios no tiene ninguna impresión positiva basada en las palabras que usamos. So prayer is not about impressing others, not about impressing ourselves. It's not about impressing God. But here's the thing. This is something we need to think about. Prayer is not even about informing God. Tampoco se trata informar Adios. It's not about informing God as if God were not in the loop and we come to him with a laundry list of all the things going on in our lives. Verse 8, he says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. No sean como ellos porque su padre sabe lo que ustedes necesitan antes de que se lo pidan. So you see, God knows already our needs. God knows our concerns. He knows our reality. So why even pray if God already knows it? Si Dios ya sabe nuestra necesidad, ¿por qué orar? Because you see, prayer is not so much about informing God of our reality, our concerns, our needs, as it is informing ourselves of God's reality, of God's circumstances, of God's desires. Es informarnos acerca de la realidad de Dios. And so that's why in verse 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, go into that secret place. Now, you can pray out and loud. You can pray in a church, but you've got to go into a secret place somewhere in your heart so that the goal is to connect with your Father who is in secret. La meta es conectarte con el Padre que está en el secreto. Go and pray to Him, and the Father will reward you. Tu Padre te recompensará. In other words, prayer, the reward of prayer is not what we get, but who we get. We get God. We get a connection with God. La, la recompensa en la oración es Dios mismo. And so Jesus says, in light of these things, this is how you should pray. Así ustedes deben orar. Our Father in heaven Hallowed be your name. Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificado sea tu nombre. First, our Father. Jesus gives us this permission. He gives us this open road to call God our Father. I don't think we realize how significant that is. Podemos llamar a Dios Padre because we are not naturally children of God. The Bible says we're children of wrath. No somos hijos de Dios naturalmente, somos hijos de la ira, dice la Biblia. But we can call God our Father. Why? Because of Jesus, his Son. Es por Jesús, su Hijo. It is because of Jesus, his Son, and what he's done 
to deliver us from the slavery of sin. Nos ha librado de la esclavitud de pecado. There's something interesting in scripture. In the Old Testament, God is not called father very often. But one of those places is in Exodus chapter 4. In Exodus 4, God comes to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who has Israel in slavery, and God speaks to him. Dios habla a Faraón, quien tiene a los israelitas en esclavitud, and he says, here's the deal. Israel is my firstborn son. Let my son go. Israel is mi hijo primogénito. Que dejes ir a mi hijo. God calls Israel his firstborn son. And we see this parallel in Jesus in the New Testament. In the Nuevo Testamento, and if you look at the gospel accounts, the four gospel accounts, there's, there's plenty of evidence of God saying, this Jesus is my son. He's my firstborn son. He's my beloved. En los evangelios dice Dios, este Jesús es mi hijo. But here's the thing. God doesn't let Jesus go. Dios no libera a Jesús. Why? God does not let his beloved son Jesus go in order to let us go. Jesus takes our place. Jesús toma nuestro lugar y Dios nos libera. Jesus suffers the death of the cross. He dies like a criminal, dies like a slave. Jesús muere como criminal, como escalvo en la cruz. He rises from the dead. Why? In part so that we can now enjoy a special relationship with God we never had on our own. We can call God Father because Jesus perfectly fulfilled the Father's will. Podemos llamar a Dios Padre porque Él cumplió con la voluntad. In fact, if we look at John chapter 20, verse 17, there's something interesting here. Jesus, after he's risen from the dead on Easter morning, he's speaking to Mary Magdalene right outside the empty tomb. Jesús en Juan 20, 17, habla a María Magdalena después de su resurrección, and he says something powerful here. He says, I'm returning, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Vuelvo a mi Padre, que es Padre de ustedes, a mi Dios que es Dios de ustedes. We can call God our Father because Jesus Christ has won the victory for us and opened the way to that relationship. Podemos llamar a Dios Padre por medio de Jesús. And he is our Father in heaven. Nuestro Padre en el cielo. We need to unpack that a little bit because we uh, have a lot of mistaken notions, I think, about what heaven is. We tend to think of heaven in a very Greek kind of way, a very Gentile kind of way. We think of heaven as this far-off place. Pensamos en el cielo como un lugar lejano. And a lot of times we think of heaven as the upstairs apartment, you know, where, where God is and, and he's up there and we're down here and, and there's nothing to do with him and we're, you know, it's all separated out. Uh, que Dios está arriba en el apartamento de arriba. But that's not how the Bible portrays heaven to us. That's not how the Jews thought of heaven. The Bible basically portrays heaven as God's space. It's where God is. Cielo es donde está Dios. It's his dimension. And for the Jews, heaven was closer. Cielo estaba de cerca. It was just around the corner. In fact, for them, Literally, it was around the corner at this place called the temple. Ahí estuvo el cielo en el templo. The temple is a place 
there was a slice of heaven at the temple. It was the connecting point between heaven and earth, between God's space and our space. En el templo, el lugar de Dios se conecta con nuestro lugar, el mundo. And so when we pray, when we say our Father in heaven, what we are doing is we are stepping into God's space. We're stepping into the presence of God. Cuando decimos Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, estamos en el lugar de Dios, we're coming into the temple. Llegamos al templo and we pray and we say, Hallowed be your name. Santificado sea tu nombre. Literally that means let your name be holy. Make your name holy, God. Que sea santo, que haga santo tu nombre, Dios. This is a very Jewish kind of praying. We don't tend to pray like this on our own. Es una manera judía de orar. Basically, this is saying, God, show up in our space. You're in your space, but show up in our space and make your name evident. Show forth, act in such a way that you vindicate or prove to your enemies and prove to all the skeptics out there that you are God and you are worthy of honor. Que puedas comparecer en nuestro espacio para comprobar a los escépticos que tú eres Dios, tú eres real. Come into our lives. There's an old Jewish synagogue prayer called the Kaddish, an ancient synagogue prayer, and what Jesus says is very close to what that prayer says. Uh, se relaciona con una oración judía, el Kaddish. Listen to this. This is the way this prayer went. Exalted and hallowed be his great name in the world which he created according to his will. Exaltado y santificado sea su nombre en el mundo que creó según su voluntad. May he establish his kingdom in your lifetime and in your days and in the lifetime of the whole house of Israel. Que establezca, que se establezca su reino en su vida, en sus días y en la vida de toda la casa de Israel. Does that sound like any prayer you've heard? Jesus is, is teaching us to pray. He's saying, hallowed be your name means God show up in our space. Show forth in our world. Act. Prove that your name is great and most worthy of honor. Que compruebes que tu nombre es digno de honor. Well, guess what? God's already answered that prayer. Ya se ha contestado esa oración. God's already done that through the coming of Jesus Christ, Jesus. God's name is related to God's presence in Scripture. And, and God's presence, as I said before, is related to the temple. Okay, those are three things we want to have in mind. La presencia de Dios se vincula con su nombre y el templo. Now, in Scripture... There are various ways that the Bible talks about the temple. First of all, the whole world was created to be like a temple. El mundo fue creado como un templo. It was created as the perfect ideal space where God and people would be together. It would be God's space and people's space in the same place. 
en el lugar de Dios y de las personas en el mismo lugar. What happened? Sin happened. Adam and Eve sinned. They separated from God and so somehow God's space and our space became distanced, separated out. El pecado rompió esa unidad. Sin broke that unity. There's another temple in scripture called the tabernacle. It was the portable temple of the Jews in the desert, el tabernáculo de los judíos. And God appeared, God's name, God's presence appeared in the tabernacle through the pillar of fire and the, and the pillar of cloud that showed his glory. Había la columna de fuego de nube. God was there. There's another temple, the temple of Jerusalem, which was built by Solomon, el templo de Jerusalén. In Isaiah chapter 6, we find the prophet Isaiah has this amazing vision of the glory of God, God's presence filling that space, but it's not all of God, it's just the train of his robe, just the hem of God's garment filled that place. Solo la orilla del manto de Dios llenó el templo. But there's another temple. There's another temple in scripture we have to consider. And that temple is Jesus. Jesus. He's the new temple. It's el nuevo templo. And on the cross, Jesus, the one who came down from God's space to our space, the one who came from heaven to earth, the temple of his body was destroyed. And as he predicted, it was rebuilt three days later when he rose from the dead. El templo de su cuerpo fue destruido en la cruz y reedificado tres días después. Jesus is that new temple. So when we're praying, your kingdom, when we say, how uh, would uh, be your name? What we're saying is Jesus show up as well. And not only that, we're saying, God, help us who are connected to Jesus to show up. Why? Because the Bible says we are temples too. Nosotros somos templos. Those of us who have named the name of Jesus and have been filled by his Holy Spirit We are called to show up and we're called to show forth God's holy name and presence in the world. Nosotros llenamos del Espíritu Santo, llenos del Espíritu Santo, debemos mostrar la presencia de Dios en el mundo. So, what do we see here? Contrary to our kind of human tendency, to start prayer with ourselves, with our own world and our own needs and our own thoughts. Jesus teaches us to pray a different way. Jesus teaches us how to start with God, with his reality, with his name, with his desires. Jesús nos muestra comenzar con Dios, and that's important. There is a big difference between God-centered and self-centered praying. That's not to take ourselves out of it. I'm not saying that, but there's a difference between God-centered praying and self-centered praying. We're going to be learning about this. Hay una diferencia entre una oración central de Dios y en mí mismo. There's a Bible scholar by the name of Tom Wright. He's a British Bible scholar. And he says that we have a tendency, we pray the Lord's Prayer, he says, but we have a tendency to pray the Lord's Prayer backwards. Nosotros oramos el Padre Nuestro al revés, dice un académico británico. How's that? A lot of times we come to pray and we're like, prayer, we're, we're usually in crisis, right? Help, help God, 
Deliver me from evil. Líbrame del mal. Oh, forgive me, God. Perdóname, Dios. Oh, God, I need this. I need that. I need the other thing. Give me my daily bread. Necesito esto. And then if we go far enough, we might start thinking, wow, maybe I should forgive that person. That's hurt me. A lo mejor debería perdonar aquella persona. O maybe, maybe I should start thinking about what God really wants. Maybe he doesn't want that. What's his will? ¿Cuál es la voluntad de Dios? Oh, yeah, and while I'm at it, maybe, maybe I should take some time to worship God and honor his name. A lo mejor debería honrar el nombre de Dios. We pray the Lord's Prayer. All the parts are there. They're just backwards. Jesus teaches us to pray it forward by starting with God, our Heavenly Father. Jesús nos muestra a, a comenzar con, con Dios, nuestro Padre Celestial, because in the end, you see, prayer is not what we think it is. We think prayer is about changing God. We think prayer is about getting God to change our circumstances. Queremos que cambiar a Dios en nuestras circunstancias. Prayer is not so much about changing God or changing our circumstances. It's about changing us. Getting lined up with God's sovereign reality, his bigness, his glory, his plan, his priority, his desires. Es alinearnos con la realidad de Dios y sus deseos. And that's actually going to lead us right into the next petition next week, your kingdom come. Or, uh, you know, what that means. Que venga tu reino es la próxima petición. But for now, I want to invite you with me over the next seven weeks to share in this adventure. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like to encourage you with me to pray the Lord's Prayer every single day and to really let it start to do something in your heart. Quiero que puedas orar el Padre Nuestro cada día. We've put in the, in the worship brochure in the bulletin. If you don't have one, ask for one. There's a little guide in there. Una guía en el boletín. And you'll see it's got the Lord's Prayer on top. And then, and then there are each day, what we're encouraging you to do is to think about, especially meditate on one of the requests or one of the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Y cada día pueden meditar en alguna petición. I want you to do that, okay? So the idea is that as we go through this over the next seven, year, or seven weeks, it's going to change us. It's going to change our perspective. It's going to change our awareness of what God's doing. Nos va a cambiar. And then with that, I'd like to issue an invitation, as I did before, on this Father's Day, to come to our Father's table. Queremos llegar a la mesa del Padre. Our Father has set this table. And our heavenly father is a perfect father. He has provided for us perfectly. Nuestro Padre Celestial nos ha suplido perfectamente nuestra necesidad. He's given us his son. And at this table we are given bread and we are given the cup. Se nos da pan y la copa. And this for us is our father's invitation to receive the perfect gift of Jesus. You see, God has already answered our deepest prayer before we even come to him. Nos ha contestado la oración más profunda antes de venir a él. He's already answered your deepest prayer, your deepest need, because he has provided 
the body and the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Nos ha dado el cuerpo y, y, y la sangre de su hijo, Jesús. So it's in that spirit that we want to come to the Lord's prayer, or the Lord's table. And to prepare us for that, we are going to pray the Lord's prayer. But before that, I would like us to read a couple of questions from a document called the Heidelberg Catechism. It's, it's an instruction manual of, of basic Christian doctrine or teaching. And I want to invite you to stand, if you would, just a moment. Vamos a ponernos de pie. There are a couple of questions and answers that I would like us to read through. Use this as a preparation for the Lord's Supper. And after we're done reading this, we'll pray the Lord's Prayer as well. So we'll do this in English and in Spanish. Vamos a leer primero en inglés, después en español. Read with me. Why did Christ command us to call God our Father? The answer, to awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer what should be basic to our prayer a childlike reverence and trust that through Christ, God has become our Father, and that just as our parents do not refuse us the things of this life, even less will God our Father refuse to give us what we ask in faith. ¿Por qué nos pide nuestro Señor Jesucristo que nos dirijamos a Dios diciendo Padre Nuestro? Respondemos, para despertar en nosotros desde el principio de nuestra oración el respeto y la confianza en Dios como de un niño, que deben ser el fundamento de nuestra oración. Es a saber que Dios ha venido a ser nuestro Padre por Jesucristo y que Él nos concede las cosas que le pedimos con fe, aun más que nuestros propios padres nos conceden las cosas de este mundo. And here's the second question. Let's read the question and the answer together. What does the first petition mean? Answer, hallowed be your name means help us to truly know you, to honor, glorify, and praise you for all your works and for all that shines forth from them, your almighty power, wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. And it means Help us to direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. La pregunta, ¿cuál es la primera petición? La respuesta, santificado sea tu nombre, es decir, concédenos ante todo que te conozcamos rectamente y que te santifiquemos y celebremos tu omnipotencia sabiduría, bondad, justicia, misericordia y verdad que se manifiestan en todas tus obras. Concédenos también que toda nuestra vida en pensamiento, palabra y obra sea siempre dirigida a ti y que tu santísimo nombre no sea por nosotros blasfemado ni menospreciado, sino honrado y glorificado. So that brings us to the Lord's Prayer. We're going to Get that up on the screen. Vamos a orar el Padre Nuestro, los que hablan español en español, los de inglés en inglés. We're going to pray in English and Spanish together. Let's pray to the Lord. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. Tomen asiento. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, this Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembering, of communion and hope. Esta es una fiesta de, de recordar, de, de, de también tener comunión y tener esperanza. We come remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to God's law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Recordamos que el Padre envió al mundo a nuestro Señor Jesucristo para que tomara nuestra carne y sangre para que cumpliera por nosotros toda obediencia a la ley divina hasta el extremo de una amarga y vergonzosa muerte en la cruz. We come to have communion with this same Christ who's promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. And in the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread. And in the uh, cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. Nos acercamos para tener comunión con el propio Cristo que nos ha prometido estar con nosotros por siempre hasta el fin del mundo. Finally, we come in hope, looking to the future, believing that this bread and this cup are a foretaste of that feast of love of which we shall partake when God's kingdom has fully come, when his will is fully done, and with unveiled face we behold him, made like him in his glory. Nos acercamos con esperanza, creyendo que este pan y esta copa son una promesa y una muestra de la fiesta de amor en la cual estaremos cuando su reino venga y que se haga su voluntad en su plenitud, cuando nosotros con rostros descubiertos lo veamos, hechos como él en su gloria. So, as I said before, all those who have professed faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who are truly aware of their need for forgiveness, for transformation, and are willing to follow Jesus, you are welcome to come to this table. Los que han profesado al Señor Jesucristo fe en su muerte o resurrección, que vienen con corazones arrepentidos para dejar el pecado atrás y llevar una nueva vida, son bienvenidos a la mesa. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesús, la misma noche que fue entregado, tomó el pan y dando gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, tomen, coman, este es mi cuerpo que por ustedes es partido, hagan esto en memoria de mí. After the same manner also he took a cup when they had supped and he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do, as often as you drink of it, in remembrance of me. La misma manera también tomó la copa, diciendo esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre. Hagan esto cada vez que tomen de ella, 
en memoria de mí. I want to invite our serving elders to come to the front. Elders will be at the head of each aisle, and we invite you, as the Lord leads you, to come down and take the bread and the cup and to wait to eat and drink until all have been served, and I will guide us in that time. You may return to your seats and use that time for prayer, for, for being with your Heavenly Father in that secret place. Pueden pasar en un momento a recoger el pan y la copa y volver a sus sillones sin participar todavía vamos a esperar a que todos hayan sido servidos y después comer y beber juntos pero usen ese tiempo para meditar and just one final thing if, if you're not sure where you are with Jesus Christ you're still checking this out you're still in a, in a process of not understanding your relationship with him we do not want you to feel pressured to do this this is for, for those who have trusted in Christ and This can be a time for you to just simply sit, pray, meditate, and no one will think the worse of that. That's a good thing to do. Si no están seguros en su relación con el Señor y necesitan meditar sin participar, tienen toda la libertad para hacer eso. All things are ready. Come to the table of our Heavenly Father. Vengan a la mesa de nuestro Padre Celestial.